Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Saturday underway. Some flurries out the window. So, hey, uh, it is late November, Thanksgiving in the rearview mirror. We set our sights on the Christmas holiday and the new year already, and colder temps have settled in, and let's go outdoors with Steve Carney. And you can reach Steve, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. Steve-O, how you been? I've been great. It's not that bad, Steve. It's pretty nice still. You know what? You know what was chilly? A little bit earlier yeah. today, I, no, a little bit earlier, I was out riding around on the John Deere trying to pick up some leaves. That was a little chilly. Well, it could be a lot worse, as you know. <laughs> no, but, <for> sure. <laughs> you know, I've been looking at uh, the forecast here the next 10, 20 days. It's really not going to be making much ice. It's going to be, you know, 30s, high 20s. I mean, there's nothing really cold coming at all. So, you know, all the rabbit ice fisher people, they're just going crazy right now. And I think it's going to be a couple of weeks, maybe two and a half weeks, and you know, the first kickoff is always Red Lake. You know, as you know, Red Lake usually freezes pretty quick up in northern Minnesota. And that is one crazy destination. You know, at this time of the year, everybody goes there because there's no ice anywhere else. And there's just thousands of people up there. And Red Lake's probably going to start taking anglers here probably in four or five days, if you can believe that. And it'll be walkout only, of course. But, you know, it's a crazy place, man. Yeah, it, it is, and I, I heard a forecast uh, from Paul Douglas I was in Friday night for Henry Lake, and he said, you know, kind of the trend, the way it looks through the middle of December with El Nino and a lot of the other things we got going on is that it's going to stay relatively quiet and on the mild side. That's middle of December, and then all of a sudden, wow, you know, uh, there's really going to be people chomping at the bit because you, you, you need that stretch days where, where you get daytime highs in the 20s and overnight lows, you know, you know, down around zero to really make some ice. Yeah, that's true. You know, the flip side is that the bow hunting season continues through December, yeah. and guys like me that are a little bit behind and have a couple extra tags, we're going to be hunting into December, and upper 20s, low 30s, that's great. And the muzzleloader season just opened today in Minnesota, so there's about 50,000 people out there. You do have to keep in mind that during this muzzleloader season, you have to wear your orange. If you're walking around, if you're small game hunting, very important that you wear your orange. 
But, Steve, you know, some of the the statistics are coming in right now on the three-state area here on the deer harvest and the registration, and it's really disturbing. Wisconsin is down 22%. That is huge. Uh, Minnesota is down 17%. North Dakota is down 14%. Um, Hard to believe, but it's true. And the archery season, too, the registrations are down about 14%. So all across the board, you know, the deer um, are having a tough time. You know, we've got the wolf situation up north. We've got, you know, two bad winters in a row. But I did see something today about a Minnesota senator that's trying to get a bill uh, put out on, you know, taking wolves off the endangered list to try to have a limited hunt in northern Minnesota to try to, you know, cut the numbers down a little bit so the deer have a chance to rebound. So, I was really glad to see that today. I can't remember his name, but I think that's really, really a good thing. Yeah, and you hear stories about how their range continues to expand, and as the numbers continue to grow among the wolf population, you hear it over and over again. People are just not seeing deer, and the wolf population continues to grow. And as you pointed out on top of that, harsh winters is a difficult recipe for deer and moose in northern Minnesota. Well, well you know, Steve, the feds are the ones that are, you know, keeping the wolves you know, on the endangered list. And they don't know what's going on here. They don't know what's going on in the upper one-third of Minnesota. But we do. And I, I think this legislation is going to wake people up a little bit. We'll see how that comes out. Again, on the flip side, thank you. The duck season is mercifully over, finally. Uh, What a struggle. It was a very, very tough fall for ducks, and there were a few highlights here and there. But, you know, as it always happens, Steve, out up in the northwest where I live, the ducks are coming down, Um, just tons of diver ducks coming down, geese are coming down. But, unfortunately, the season ended four or five days ago. So, uh, yeah, the big push seems to be happening right now, and uh, the central zone is still open for another few days, and then uh, it's all over. But geese are open, you know, into December. But the duck thing, um, it was a tough go, and I heard that from a lot of people uh, throughout the state of Minnesota. Um, We had a super mild fall. They just weren't really being pushed down by the weather and you know, it is what it is. It's always kind of a crapshoot every year on, you know, the harvest and the migration. And But so far, it's over, and I am really glad it's over. Yeah, and the pheasant hunt continues, and th- this has been a bright spot. I continue to hear good reports from pheasant hunters. Yeah. It has been really a good fall for that, Steve. You know, the 20s, you know, high 20s, low 30s is perfect for pheasant hunting. You don't get too sweaty. You don't get too cold. You're moving. And a lot of the birds now are in the cattail swamps. And all the crops are in. The beans are in. The corns are in. So it is uh, time to hit the swamps, no matter if you're in the Dakotas or Minnesota. And that certainly is a bright spot. And I'm very impressed with the numbers and the grouse. Boy, I've got some great grouse reports in northern Minnesota. I think that's been the highlight, really, of, of the whole fall is the grouse reports are just fantastic. Northeastern Minnesota, northern Minnesota, um, really, really good numbers this year. So that's that's pretty impressive. All right, uh, for for those anglers that want to challenge the open water, 
you, you really got to be hardcore. But you know, here here in the cities now, now some of the ponds are starting. To, you're seeing ice, but you know, you, you can still. I've seen boats out on the river. They're they're still they're still out there. Well, we've been breaking ice the last week, Steve, and that's just part of it. You just got to break ice for a couple hundred yards, and then you're okay. But the walleye fishing has been so good the last two weeks. I would say the last two weeks, probably the best walleye fishing I've had all year. And they're full of food. They're active. They're biting in the middle of the day. But I can see it all ending here. You know, if things start freezing up, it's probably going to be over. But November was fantastic, and... You know, all the docks are in, um, not not a lot of people out doing it, and they were really missing a tremendous month. But, yeah, it's time to put it away, get the ice fishing stuff out, and move to the next. All right, uh, Steve, you going to be out looking for that big buck this week? I'm going to try, Steve. Last okay. night I had two big bucks in front of me, about 100 yards, um, really late in the evening. And, of course, with the bow, 100 yards is not going to happen and they didn't get any closer, so I had kind of an exciting night last night. Uh, I had 20 turkeys walk right by my ground blind. That was really cool. So there are a couple of bucks working this area, so I'm going to keep at it this week and uh, see if I can make it happen. We still have about a good month or so to go, so it's not over yet. All right, we look forward to a great story next week. I hope so, Steve. You take care, man. All right, there he is, Steve Carney. Happy Thanksgiving. Steve Carney, Outdoors.com. He's been joining us for years here on the weekends. It is 4.15. We'll come back, and we'll get an update on all things hockey, college hockey in particular. Look out Michigan State. Traditionally, or at least in recent memory, a doormat in the Big Ten. They look to be for real. And an extension uh, for the head coach at the University of Minnesota, Bob Motzko. Uh, we're going to visit with Jez Myers from the rink live here on News Talk. E3O W Sports Saturday rolling along with an update on the world of hockey. Jez Myers joins us from the rink live. Jez, how you been? I hope you had a very good Thanksgiving. It wasn't a bad Thanksgiving. I came from, back from Arizona on a red-eye flight. I got a little sleep. I got a little turkey which put me right back to sleep. So, you know, hey, good good Thanksgiving all in all. Oh, I, I follow you on social media. How did the rental car thing turn out? <laughs> oh, that's a great feeling when you drop off a rental car and then six hours later they're asking you, hey, where's your car? I know. But, uh, oh No, got, got, it, got it all taken care of. You know, Wednesday is that busiest travel day of the year, so you can expect a a few hiccups along the way there, but uh, it was all taken care of finally. So that was yeah. I, I I saw that and my heart sank because I've been there. Quick story: long yeah. time ago, we we went to Orlando with the family, did Disney. Uh, my mother and father in law lived down there. He, he had a, he had a job, so we 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 did family, did Disney, all of that sort of thing, and we dropped off the car at the Orlando airport and flew home, and pretty much got notification um we didn't notice damage to the car i'm like what damage there was no damage and it it turned into a big deal involving my insurance agent and so on and so forth it all worked out in the end but it was like what there was no damage so when i saw that i yeah i was like oh i'm glad it all worked out 
there's a legendary story in hockey circles about a scout for a pro team. He's in Boston. He's scouting a, a team. He goes to his hotel. The next morning he gets up, he takes a, a cab to the airport. He flies back home. Doesn't think anything of it. A month later, the rental car company calls and says, uh, when are you going to return that car that you rented in Boston? Oh, He had completely forgotten renting a car, <laughs> left it in the hotel parking lot for literally a month. Yeah, it turned it turned into a whole big fiasco. So yeah, classic. Oh wow, that that is a phenomenal story. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let's uh, let's let's get going on the hockey news. First of all, Bob Motzko is locked in. Yeah, another uh, a two year extension for him and a nice raise for him. He's uh, he's now you know and these are tough stats to get because schools do things differently and private schools don't have to release salaries and things like that. But uh, at 750000 a year, he's got to be one of the highest-paid coaches in college hockey, and deservedly so when you look at his track record and, and what he's done, not only here at Minnesota, but his previous job at St. Cloud State. You know, he's, he's won every place he's been. His players graduate, which is a, a big thing as well. So, uh, so good for him. He's locked in through the, the 27-28 season now, which will take him you know, well into his 60s, and you wonder if uh, – if if that might be a time where he looks at at retiring and riding off into the sunset, you know he always talks about getting a ranch out west somewhere. So maybe that'll be the time for that. But for now, you know uh, things are pretty good in Gopher Hockey Country, and and they want to keep him around. Yeah, and uh, some ups and downs as of late with the team after getting swept by Wisconsin. Uh, they went up to Duluth, uh, win, uh, tie. Uh, Michigan, uh, they went to Ann Arbor, got a win, uh, a, a tie. Uh, Notre Dame came to town. They, they split that series. And now Michigan State in town. And, and first of all, uh, the, the, the Spartans have bounced back. They, they were kind of struggling as a program, but they are certainly back. Bob Mosco had a two-word message for Michigan State when he talked about him this week. He said, welcome back. You know, one of the yeah. – one of the very good historically competitive programs in, in all of college hockey. In fact, the most recent Big Ten team to win a national championship was Michigan State in 2007. Uh, you're right. They had kind of been in the doldrums. They haven't been to an NCAA tournament since 2012, so more than a decade now. But they went out and hired Adam Nightingale, a new coach, who uh, came from the USA Hockey National Team Development Program, so Adam Nightingale, two years ago, was coaching guys like Jimmy Snuggerud and, and Logan Cooley and, and some of these you know, up-and-coming college hockey stars and now NHL players. Uh, so knew how to coach top talent very well, was able to steer some of that talent uh, to his program uh, there in East Lansing, and uh, a quickly resurgent team. They're leading the WCHA. Excuse me. I'm thinking in the past. They're leading the Big Ten right now, and, and good for them. Uh, you know, and and. Top to bottom, a very solid team, and then you top it all off with Trey Augustine, who has got to be one of the top young goalies in all of college hockey. He's a second-round draft pick of the Detroit Red Wings. He's a Detroit-area kid, so you think kind of classic story growing up uh, following the, the Wings and make it to play for them someday. But uh, that's, that's a very good hockey team they've got over there. Yeah, and they'll play again tomorrow, 3M Arena at Mariucci. It'll be that rare Sunday matinee, but it's kind of nice with the Vikes going on Monday night against the Bears. Uh, they they kind of get the, the sports calendar themselves, sort of. And, you know, it, it, it kind of reminds me, if you remember the old Mariucci Arena or the old Williams Arena where the Gopher sure. Hockey team played at one point, you know, the one, the one end of the building, which is now Maturi Pavilion, 
it had the big windows on the one end. And they, they didn't play a lot of afternoon games, but when they did, it was always special to see that sunlight coming in through the window. Well, when they built the new 3M Arena at Mariucci 26 years ago or whatever it was, they put in glass on the one end. So there's not a lot of natural light, but you do get some light coming in on that one end. So afternoon games in that place are always special. Oh, yeah. And it, it in a way, kind of reminds me of Tria Rink where the Wild work out and they play the consolation games of the girls' state tournament there. And I've had a chance to do some games from Tria Rink uh, during the day f- from the consolation round on NSPN.TV. And, and it is a cool setting when you get all that daylight coming into the building. It's neat. There's something about natural light. I mean, you know, maybe yeah, it was sure. the fact that I grew up in the 80s and 90s and just spent too much time in the Metrodome. But uh, you, you really do learn to appreciate sunlight in the sporting event. Yeah. And that that's one of the cool things they did. And this is this has nothing to do with hockey. U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, for for the matinee is particularly on Friday at Preble when the sun was out, it, it was kind of cool on Channel Forty Five. It looked like they were they were playing the games outside, and you get that for for Viking games. It, it really is a cool effect to kind of get that natural daylight in the building. It is it is neat. Um, let, let's talk about the women. They're out east. They played Harvard yesterday. Yeah, they're playing yep. a, a tournament, a four team tournament out on out on the East Coast. Washington, D.C. area. They're playing at uh, actually the Washington Capitals uh, practice facility, which is in, in northern Virginia, but uh, got a win against Harvard. St. Thomas is out there as well. St. Thomas fell yesterday, but uh, kind of a fun way to expose college hockey to some new crowds in some new parts of the country. And I know there are a lot of Gopher fans out in that area that you know work in politics and different stuff that, that have shown up for those games. Gophers are playing pretty well right now. Um, you know, they're still going to be in the thick of the fight in in the WCHA, which is, you know, top to bottom, just loaded once again with Wisconsin and Ohio State uh, looking up at them. And then, you know, every everybody, it seems like, on any given night can beat anybody in that conference. So uh, it, this is a fun Gopher team, though. They're young. They got a lot of new faces, but uh, they're never going to be out of the fight with the way they play. And, uh, again, a lot of familiar names, a lot of young women who played High school hockey at the highest level here in the greater metro area, so a lot of familiarity with that club. But I wanted to get your thoughts about Ohio State and where where that program is. They they are now a legit women's hockey powerhouse, and there's strong Minnesota ties to that program. Minnesota kids go there. Uh, someone who was a big part of the University of Minnesota program is running it. I mean, it, it is a major success story. Here's what's most impressive about what Nadine Muzzerall has done at Ohio State since she went there. You know, she was a Gopher player. She was a Gopher's assistant coach. She took over a program that had been, you know, kind of stuck in neutral forever. Now, at Ohio State, you're never going to lack resources. It's it's got one of the biggest athletic budgets in the country. You know, Ohio State football makes money hand over fist. So you're never going to lack revenue. You're never going to lack resources. But Steve, picture uh, Doug Woog Arena. You've got the nice big main ice sheet there with you know seating for a couple thousand probably. Yep. And then you have the secondary ice sheet that just has like maybe three rows of bleachers on one side and it's cold and it's dingy and nobody goes in there. That's about what OSU Ice Rink, the home of the Buckeyes women's team, looks like. And I'm not exaggerating what, what I say that, this. Yeah. It's, it's a low ceiling, very small practice facility the home team locker rooms are in an adjacent building 
So the Buckeyes get dressed, and then they literally walk outside down a walkway to get into their own building to play games. The, the visiting locker rooms are in the basement. So when the Gophers are there, <laughs> they get dressed down in the basement. They come up the stairs on wow. skates. It, it, is, it is just, uh, you know, what would pass for a practice rink here in Minnesota. And with that, as your home rink, Nadine Muserall has recruited to the point where she's won one national championship. They were in the national title game last year. They are an, uh, the number one ranked team in the country right now. And the good news, I guess, if, if you're a Buckeyes fan, is they finally said, you know what, we've got enough money. Let's build a real arena for, for women's hockey here. So now they're talking about, you know, 3,000 seats or something similar to like what, what Minnesota has at Ritter Arena, sure. a dedicated facility that would be wow. the home rink for the women's team and the practice rink for the men's team. And, you know, uh, that's just a great development for, for women's college hockey in general. Yeah, and the, the, in Columbus, you can still get the kids out of Minnesota or the Midwest, and you can still recruit from out east. It, it really is a good spot. and. Uh, already a powerhouse, and then with a building, look out. Uh, jumping back to the men's game, any rumors about more schools willing to jump into the fray? You're out in Arizona. Uh, uh, of course, Arizona State has been a success story. Um, that, that's been very popular out there. Any rumors about any other schools anywhere? Thinking about there, there are rumors all the time. The, the yeah. intriguing one I always hear about when you talk about the West, uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. You, you've seen how oh, quickly wow. Vegas has become a hockey town with the Golden Knights winning a Stanley Cup. You've got you know tons of fans from all over out there. UNLV, you know, as you and I well know, Steve was a basketball power at one point. Everybody knew him for that. That that's not the case anymore. Uh, you know, they're kind of in no man's land in football because they're caught between the the California schools and the and the Colorado schools and things like that. So. You don't think of UNLV as a football power. There's a kind of a movement afoot to say, hey, let's talk about adding Division One hockey here. You'd have a, a natural travel partner with Arizona State, you would think. You would have a natural rivalry there out in the West. You've got a place where, you know, you've got a ton of transplants. You've got people who like hockey, obviously, on the pro level. So that would be a real intriguing one. And Las Vegas is going to host the NCAA Frozen Four here in a couple of years, and that will be very interesting to see how that goes over. I, I think, you know, that that's going to be a huge hit with the fans liking to go someplace uh, warm and sunny and watch hockey like we saw last year in Tampa. Yeah, and Tampa's just been a smash hit with, with the Frozen Four. Hasn't it been there a couple of times at least, Jeff? It's been there, been there three times now. Yeah, yeah wow, yeah. three already, man. Um, before we run out of time, and, and we are tight on time, but let's get into this story, and that is uh, the hometown NHL entry, Minnesota Wild. It is a struggle, to say the very least. Kirill Kaprizov uh, did get a goal in the 3-2 loss last night to the Colorado Avalanche. They are back from Europe, but they continue to lose games. And on top of it, not get any points. Not not even you know able to squeeze out that, that point for getting it to overtime or a shootout generally. You're getting to the point now where, you know, I like Dean Everson. I've always gotten along great with him. You're getting to the point now where the, you really have to be on, on kind of a watch to see, you know, is this guy going to make it to Christmas? Um, and, and it's not necessarily anything he's doing or not doing, but the moves they've made just haven't worked yet. You, you mentioned Kaprizov. That was all the talk that, you know, is he healthy? Why isn't he scoring? Well, then he gets a goal last night 
and they still let it slip through their fingers. And, you know, when the story for this team is becoming off-ice stuff, like, you know, the special mask that Marc-Andre Fleury has last night, which became, you know, just just a perfect NHL controversy over nothing, that they, they managed to, you know, to, to make something like that, the storyline. Um, yeah, thing, things are really, really tough right now. I mean, there's no two ways to put it. Bill Guerin made some moves maybe a month ago to try and light some fires under some guys. And I, I will give Bill Guerin credit. That's one thing he's always had in his pocket is, is to say, hey, if, if you don't want to work hard, if you don't want to be here, uh, you know, I'll, I'll find you a place in Buffalo. I'll find you a place in Anaheim, you know, wherever it might be. Because, you know, there's absolutely no tolerance for, for guys who will, aren't willing to, to put in the work shift after shift. So you wonder how many more arrows he has in the quiver that, that he can shoot here to get something going. Yeah, so uh, they, they get the Red Wings at noon, and then uh, the Blues come to town. So in Detroit, and then home for uh, St. Louis on Tuesday night, and then they get the Nashville Predators uh, to close out the month on Thursday. Jess, always good. Uh, uh, lo- love to follow you on social media and uh, keep us up to date on what's going on in the college game. Always will do so. Thanks. Good to talk to you, Steve. All right, there he is, Jess Myers from the rink live here at News Talk. E3OWCs. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There aren't many upper Midwest teams alive in the D2 and D3 playoffs. We'll have a rundown of the scoreboard there. Uh, We'll have Big Ten. We'll have Top 25. Rivalry weekend. The Axe on the line in Minneapolis. Wisconsin and Minnesota. The game was played in Ann Arbor. Uh, We'll have that and much, much more with Jonathan Lowe momentarily. But let's start D2 playoffs. Uh, Minnesota School was alive going into the day, hosting Bemidji State Central Washington, and Central Washington wins it in Bemidji, 21-17. to We'll have a full game report coming up later on in the program from Kevin Reed in Bemidji. Meanwhile, Augustana just over the border in Sioux Falls, a lot of Minnesota kids. They went out to number one seed in that region, Colorado School of Mines, and it was all mines, 56-10. to Augustana ends the year with two losses, but it was all Colorado School of Mines, 56-10. to We'll get a game report on that coming up later on uh, from Jeff Filling, uh, the voice of the Vikings. Um, is Jeff ready to go, Josh? Yep, we got Jeff Filling on hold on. Oh, well, well let, 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 let's do that right now. We'll get to 
Bead three momentarily. Uh, Jeff, great year for Augustana, but it came to an end out in Colorado today. Screeching halt. Yeah. Sorry, I'm shaking a little bit. I'm standing outside. It's freezing. Uh, they lost 56-10. to 10. Uh, Mines took the opening kickoff, went down field, went 58 yards. They had a good return, six plays, made it 7 nothing. Augustana tried to make a fair catch on the kick and dropped it at the two. Didn't get a first down, had to punt, and they took over at the 44-yard line and went down the field in eight plays, scored on a Roper six-yard run to make it 14 nothing. Then they got a strip sack. The ball went in the end zone. They recovered to make it 21 nothing. The Vikings got a field goal after a long drive of 24 yards by Jake Piscina to make it 21-3. And they got a 50-yard pass right before halftime to make it 28-3. The Vikings took the opening kick at the second half downfield. Eight plays, 79 yards. Logan Utech caught a pass from Casey Bauman to make it 28-10. And they reeled off four more touchdowns to win at 56-10. And former Augustana Viking Pete Sturbeck's team, he's the head coach, wins and moves on to play Central Washington. Their quarterback, who's probably going to win the Harlan Hill Award for the best Division II player, John Matoka, was 25 out of 31, 328 yards, three touchdowns. Casey Bauman was 27 out of 45 for 244 yards and a touchdown for Augustana. But a uh, great season, 11-2. and Ran into some field position problems today that made it easier for Colorado Mines. They're undefeated, number one team in the nation for a reason. Yeah, and Jeff, you talked about the weather. I I saw some photos. They had had some snow to clean up, and you said it was cold. Yeah, we got here Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, and it was snowing, and it snowed yesterday. snowed overnight, probably at four or five inches. They did get the field cleared off, but it was about 22 degrees. Sun came out in the fourth quarter. So the team will fly home tonight, and Coach Oshevsky uh, has a chance to become the winningest coach in Augustana history next year. Wow. Uh, great great season, though, uh, for Augustana. It was. A road trip out to Mines. Hey, Jeff, thanks for all your help. Save travels. Yes, and as uh, I think of you as I look to the west and see the Coors Brewery, Steve. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and I think of myself, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for All sure. Right. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Bummer, bummer you got to catch a flight home. Yeah, I could run over there. It's about yep. two blocks away. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, take All right, care, thanks, Jeff. Steve. There he is, Jeff Filling. Thank you. Jeff Filling, longtime voice of the Augustana Vikings, and they take it on the chin out at number one Colorado School of Mines, 56-10. to 10. As we mentioned, Central Washington wins in Bemidji, 21-17. We'll get a game report on that from Kevin Reed a little bit later on in the half hour. All right, let's get over to D3. Uh, first, let's get you up to date on the teams out of the WIAC. UW Lacrosse rolls over Aurora, 56-35 lacrosse advances. So does Whitewater. UW-Whitewater beat Wheaton of Illinois 49-42. to And our friends down in Iowa, number three, Wartburg, they beat Whitworth 42-20. to So two Wisconsin teams, one Iowa team still alive. And then, of course, uh, the team to beat, Norris Central of Illinois. Uh, they beat Trinity, Texas, 71-28 to today. One other score of note out of the D3 playoffs. 
number 16, Alma, knocks off number two, Mount Union, 24 to 20. The Purple Raiders out. They are done in the D3 playoffs. All right, let's let's get uh, Jonathan Lowen here. Let's get an update on the Big Ten. Let's get an update on the top 25. Uh, big rivalries this Thanksgiving weekend. Jonathan Lowe, welcome aboard. Thank you very much, Steve. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, sir. I, I hope there's a lot of turkey and stuffing and fill-ins for all of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't get cheated. <laughs> that's that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. And a happy uh, liberated Thanksgiving to everybody out there listening over the airwaves. And you've been satisfied. You've been around family. It's been a good couple of days. Now it's time for some action. It's time to get a little bit tense because this is the week that most schools around the country have waited for. They've waited for that one team on the schedule so they can say, ha, I beat you, and you don't, you don't have to hear about it. You're going to have to hear about it for another full year. And that's why we have this wonderful, lovely rivalry edition, in-your-face edition of a Saturday in the fall, y'all. College football here, there, and everywhere. We get it rolling in the Big Ten. We go cross the river to Huntington Bank Stadium. It was looking nice for the Gophers early. They had a 7 nothing lead through the first quarter. But unfortunately, Bucky Badger has responded. There's three things on the list today for the Gophers. They're trying to row the boat into a bowl, appearance. They're trying to end a three-game losing streak, and they're trying to keep the axe. That's all they're trying to do today, not too much on the plate. And unfortunately, right now, Wisconsin has just gotten in the end zone, and the Badgers lead 21-14 with about 9.30 to go in the third period. We also have games going on in Piscataway, where Maryland, looking for their seventh one of the season, leads Rutgers 28-17. And in Champaign, the fighting Brett Bielema's fighting for a, a bowl berth. They might lose out on one. It's early in the third quarter. Northwestern leads Illinois 28-20. to Finals from early today. Purdue gets their fourth win on the season. They get the old oak and bucket as they take down Indiana 35-31. No, uh, number two, Ohio State. Number three, Michigan in the game. It's always an anticipated game every year. And this year, the Wolverines have continued their trend. They have now won three in a row over the Buckeyes, get to 12-0 and on the season. If something happens crazy tonight, who knows? They may be the number one team going into championship week next week. Let's let's see what happens. 30-24, to the final. Michigan picks off Kyle McCord, trying to drive the Buckeyes down for a late touchdown to win it. Pick him off around the 25-yard line with about 30 seconds to play. Yesterday, number 17, Iowa, went to Nebraska. And they continue their Iowa brand of football. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they win games. I really don't. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But they extend their lead in the Big Ten West, get their 10th win on the season, 13-10. The Hawkeyes will head into next week with momentum going into the Big Ten championship game. And last night, number 11 Penn State got their 10th win on the season. They shut out Michigan State at Ford Field, 42 nothing. To the top 25 scoreboard, it's the duel in the desert. Early third quarter in Tempe, number 15, Arizona, is routing Arizona State 45-7. to The Bearcats looking to get their ninth win on the season. It's the Iron Bowl in Auburn this year. Early third quarter, number eight, Alabama leading the Tigers 20-14. to And again, Alabama just got a field goal to extend that lead from their halftime lead of three, so Auburn will get the ball with a chance to take the lead. Number 20, Oklahoma State. If they win, they clinch a spot in next week's Big 12 championship game. They are not looking well. They just got into the end zone a few minutes ago to cut a deficit. 
Number 20, Oklahoma State losing at BYU, who is hoping to get bowl eligible today, 24-13, early in the third quarter. The one group of five team that is undefeated, number 25, Liberty, they are up at UTEP, 35-7, midway through the third quarter. At the half, it is number 21, Tennessee, leading Vanderbilt, 31-10. The Apple Cup in Seattle this year, number four, Washington, looking to win this week and next week in the Pac-12 championship game, and an Instant update from Seattle. The Cougars get into the end zone. Washington State ties the game with eight seconds left in the in the first half. 14 all. If the Cougars win, they get bowl eligible. Finals from earlier today. Number 14, LSU. They get a big win over Texas A&M, 42-30. Number 10, Louisville falls the week before the ACC title game. They lose to Kentucky, 38-31. Kentucky for the fifth straight year, wins the Governor's Cup. Coming up later tonight, it's number five, Florida State. Without their all-world quarterback, Jordan Travis, going to the swamp to take on Florida. Number 18, Notre Dame, heads west to California to take on Stanford. Number 24, Clemson, seeks to keep the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks from bowl eligibility as they meet in Columbia. Number one, Georgia, will be taking on some clean old-fashioned hate as they go to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech. Number 19, Kansas State, no longer eligible to get into the Big 12 title game. They'll host Iowa State. Number 22, NC State, taking on North Carolina, who was ranked for most of the season. At the end of the year, the roles have been reversed for the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels. Yesterday, it was number 13, Oklahoma, keeping their season alive, their championship hopes alive. They win a huge shootout over TCU 69 to 45 number 23 Tulane gets to 11 and 1 ahead of the conference on the American Athletic Championship they beat Texas San Antonio 29 to 16 number 9 Missouri gets their 10th win on the season routing Arkansas 48 14 number 7 Texas booked their spot in the Big 12 title game next week they beat Texas Tech 57 to 7 number 6 Oregon defeats number 16 Oregon State in what could be the last civil war for a while 31 Seven, the final, and Oregon did clinch their spot into next week's championship game. And number 12, Ole Miss, on Thursday night won the Egg Bowl as they defeated Mississippi State 17-7. to Let's head to FCS and check out the first round of the playoffs. There were six Missouri Valley teams that made it into the tournament, four of them from the local area. Then you also had Youngstown State and Southern Illinois. Let's get to the finals from earlier. North Dakota hosting Sacramento State. It was a back-and-forth affair, but the Hornets defeat the Fighting Hawks 42-35. Now Sacramento State will head to Vermilion next week to take on third overall seed South Dakota. At the Fargo Dome, it is late in the third quarter. Actually, should be early fourth quarter now. North Dakota State is all over the only Pioneer League team to make the tournament. Drake, 45-3. If North Dakota State wins, they head to Bozeman next week to take on number six seed Montana State. The other teams in action, as I said before, Southern Illinois up big. They're about to win over Nichols, 35-0. It is about a minute and a half to play in the fourth. Southern Illinois would go to Moscow next week, or Moscow next week to take on fourth-seeded Idaho. Youngstown State up early on Duquesne 10-7, early second quarter. The winner of that game heads to Philadelphia to take on eight-seeded Villanova. And number one overall seed, South Dakota State, they get a bye this week. Along with the other seeded teams, they will take on the winner of Mercer and Gardner-Webb. Right now, Mercer leads that game 
17-7 midway through the fourth quarter. A couple other scores from the Division II, uh, I'm sorry, the FCS playoffs. Austin P and Chattanooga tied midway through the fourth quarter at 21. Delaware defeats Lafayette 36-34. And Richmond defeats North Carolina Central 49-27. So big day with a lot of tournament action going on right now, Steve. All right, Jonathan, great job. Jonathan Law on the Big Ten Top 25 uh, scoreboard, of course, the Missouri Valley as well. When we come back, we're going to get a game report from Bemidji State in the D2 playoffs. That is all on the way here on College Football Final, here on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. College Football Final. Uh, we'll get an update. Bemidji State fell in the D2 playoffs today at home to Central Washington, the final 21-17. to uh, Coming up following the news and weather at 5, we'll have Kevin Reed from Bemidji with a game report on that. If you're just joining us, Colorado School of Mines beat Augustana 56-10 in the D2 playoffs. Over in Division Three, teams from our neck of the woods, the WIAC UW Lacrosse beat Aurora 56-35. Meanwhile, Whitewater down Wheaton, 49-42 to advance. And from Iowa, our friends down in Iowa, number three, Wartburg rolled over Whitworth, 42-20. Huge upset on the D3 day. And that was number 16, Alma beating number two, Mount Union, 24-20. Um, the box score has Alma scoring 24 in the fourth to win it. How about that? that that's quite a rally against a perennial power uh, in D2. Uh, quick update on what's going on. Final day of prep bowl over at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, two games in the books already. The nine-player, Nevis beat Kingsland 14-12. Uh, my entire life I called it nine-man. They switched to nine-player because there, there's some girls playing football, and I'm good with that. Uh, Nevis beat Kingsland 14-12. to If you're not familiar with Nevis, up there between Walker and Park Rapids. So congrats to them as they return uh, to the North Country. Meanwhile, in the 3A title game, Stewartville beat Annandale 43-13. And in the 5A championship game, final game of the day, it is Chan has leading St. Thomas Academy midway through quarter number two, 7-0 the score there. Uh, champions crowned on Friday. In 1A, Minnesota beat Springfield 43-22. to 2A, Eden Valley-Watkins over Barnesville 24-6. And in 4A, Hutch beat Ricori 14-6. And Centennial beat Edina 28-27. The news is next. Oh. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 